Hi, and welcome to The Backlot, a discussion with the entertainment industry's top talent. I'm Ariel Seagard, acting alum. And in this episode, we bring you three extraordinary women from a panel that NYFA recently held about women in animation. Kareen Ingle, director for Cartoon Network's Unikitty, Ann Walker-Farrell, director of Netflix's BoJack Horseman, and Kelly Harper, who works as a development exec for Comedy Central. You do it for yourself. Yeah. You draw because you love to draw, but you can't undervalue somebody enjoying your work. That's awesome. Yeah. I draw because I like to entertain, too. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you should only be making a film for yourself. I'm like, that's a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> The art of animation has been around since the late 1800s and has been mostly dominated by males. But as for recent years, more women have been taking the reins. And it all sounds like fun and games, but behind the scenes is a lot of hard work. And just when you think there's some R&R in sight, reality kicks in. Currently, I'm on hiatus. Uh, which is a magical time where I tell myself I get to sleep in and then I don't. I just finished up uh, directing on season five of BoJack Horseman. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> we have one fan. Um, I think you have many more. Yes. <laughs> but I'm coming from BoJack and in August I'm beginning as a director on Final Space, uh, which is a show on streaming on TBS currently and I believe on Adult Swim as well. And I'm going to be uh, directing for them for, for season two. With BoJack, my directing duties were kind of twofold. Uh, I would direct the storyboard phase of productions. So I'd be in charge of kind of overseeing the storyboard process, um, keeping the episode as a cohesive whole, um, while also you know encouraging our talented board artists to do what they do best and bring everything they can to the table. And then for the latter half, I am one of two animation directors, and I. Uh, direct retakes on our scenes that come back from Big Star Studios in Korea. Uh, and so for Final Space, I'll be doing the former. I'll be directing storyboards and um, working, you know, working with the design team and uh, crafting the pre-production side of a cartoon. <laughs> Very awesome. So I work on Unikitty over at WB, just like down the street, and uh, and it airs on Cartoon Network. And uh, so I'm a director, so I both direct. Like, I, I have a team of storyboard artists that I direct. I'll do about a fifth or a fourth of uh, the episode. I'll do the boards myself. Like, I'll rewrite chunks of scripts to make everything, like, more cohesive and more affordable and funnier and better. <laughs> and, uh, like, also, I go to voice records, like, and I I'll direct the voice actors and stuff. And, like, just a whole big umbrella of stuff is uh, <laughs> my job on Unikitty. And it's super fun. And I love it very much. And I work, good. I work in development, yeah. so my job is just going out to comedy shows and scouting talent. I work on the live action production side of stuff, mm -hmm. so I don't know if that's... I know we were talking about this earlier, but I feel like a bit like I can talk more to that. But uh, I work on the development side, so I work with writers to get scripts into shooting shape and making sure their voice is coming across and being, their voice is being represented in their, in their own script. The entertainment business is tough. Everyone comes here with big dreams of being the next big thing. You go to auditions or meetings with your head in the clouds, and the more you work, the more you hope the next one will be the one. But the rejections you do get can start getting under your skin. And it can be easy to think of quitting, packing your bag, and shipping out. But Miss Walker-Farrell reminds us how important it is to stick with it, even when quitting sounds like the next best thing. 
I, I started out in animation really, you know, wanting to tell stories visually, and so I got very lucky and I was able to do a pilot for Nickelodeon's random cartoons back in 2006 called My Nikitty. And um, from there, I, I was very young, and so while I had a lot of fun making my own cartoon, I think if I I think I think it's you know yeah. all of us if we could go back and redo our projects that we did when oh, we were yeah. 25, like yeah. just sort of cringe and shame and, and wish for a time machine. But I learned a lot from it, and so I got into storyboards. And from there, I stayed in storyboards and animation, largely uh, in in flash productions. And I, I kept boarding and I kept animating, and it was fine. But I wasn't advancing at all, um, and it was frustrating. And so I got to the point where. In early 2014, um, I was laid off from a job at Bento Box. I just finished production in a show called Murder Police, which never actually aired. I was frustrated, mm -hmm. and uh, so I started. I started thinking, like, oh, is this really what I want to do? Um, you know, is, is this worth it? Is the struggle worth it? And um, Mike Hollingsworth, who's the supervising director on BoJack, he sent me a Facebook message and was like, I hear you're unemployed. We need a board revisionist. Come to us. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, sure, fine. You know, I was sulky, and I so I sat in this, you know, we call the area Storyboard Canyon at Shadow Machine, this little <laughs> hallway. I'm doing my board revisions, and I was watching animatics, and I hadn't really seen anything of the show. I tell the story, I watched the animatic for episode four, and there's a montage at the end of four that is Dan's ex-boyfriend, Wayne, kind of telling her, you know, you, you think that you're all bright and cheerful, but you're, a, pardon my language, you're a piece of shit like the rest of us, and you're gonna go back to being a piece of shit. And it was so dark and, and weird and smart, and I was just blown away, and so I realized, oh my God, I need to, I want to be involved with this show. This is an amazing show, and so, I worked with Mike, uh, with my friend Amy Winfrey, who was one of the directors. She's this amazing, talented filmmaker. She's been our director, one of our directors since season one. And they both kind of worked with me to advance from a board artist and a lead animator to an assistant director and a lead animator to a director of boards and animation in season four. And uh, I've been just really lucky to work with good people uh, on the show who have kind of guided me and, and launched me really into what I do now. <laughs> I feel very lucky. Yeah. I think the Rolling Stones said it best. You can't always get what you want. Kareen Ingle learned the hard way that even when you do the hard work, that doesn't mean you get the job. But instead, you get what you need. Well, I guess for me was, so I went to USC and it's just like you study animation the whole time and then the, you know, your senior year you make a thesis and I worked really hard on my thesis and it was like, I want to work in television. So it, like I structured my thesis around like, this looks like it would be for TV. This is the kind of jokes like this. And then like eventually people saw it and then like it took like a year. Like I was kind of like underemployed, not unemployed, but underemployed for like a year after I graduated. And then I started to work as a flash animator. So that's like I worked... I did jobs for Titmouse, I did jobs for Disney Junior, stuff like all over the place, like preschool, adult, like everything in between. And like that was fun, but you know, that's, I wanted to do kind of big picture story stuff. So, you know, it was just taking board tests all the time where, you know, you get a prompt and it's like, okay, like do two minutes, you know, of a show, you know, in the boards. And a lot of times it's a show that hasn't come out yet, so it's like, guess, guess what we want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and they're like, I don't like this. I'm like, well, I did, so <laughs> you're a fool. <laughs> or, 
And uh, eventually I got a job on uh, Peabody and Sherman at uh, the Peabody Sherman show at DreamWorks. Don't confuse it with the movie like everyone on Netflix does. <laughs> and uh, I was there for two years, and that was great, but it was like, you know, I was a board artist, and I had a lot of fun. It was a board-driven show, which meant, like, instead of getting, like, a script where everything was planned out, you just got an outline with maybe, like, 10% of the dialogue on it, and, like, you filled in the rest. So, like, basically I was a writer and an artist on that show, and, uh, you know, I kept telling him, it was like, when a position is open, you know, because the show ended after four seasons or two, I want to direct, I want more responsibility. And Dreamers was like, yeah, yeah maybe. And then <laughs> the show ended and they just like let me go and they didn't, I'm like, put me on another show. And they're like, and eh, nobody like gets it. Like I'd invite people to like my pitches, like for the other shows that were like looking to staff up and like, I invite them all to this one pitch where the episode was about they went back to England in the 1800s and they had to find John the Ripper who <laughs> farted on everything. <laughs> and I'm like, so, if you have a spot on your show for me. And they were all like, and nobody ever talked to me. And I'm like, well, if you don't want this, this is the best work I've ever done. <laughs> like John I don't want to work for you. <laughs> so, like, Drewers made no effort to try and keep me, even though, like, I really wanted to work for him and... You know, like, I was trying to show initiative and stuff, and they were just like, nah. And then, like, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'll take more board tests. Basically, took a summer off, and then, like, WB was like, hey, we need people. Do you want to take a test? And I was like, yeah. So I got a test for Unikitty, did that, and it only took, like, two days. You usually have a week to do it, but it was just so easy. It's like, I know what this is going to look like. And then, like, two days later, I get a call from DreamWorks, like, saying, like, okay, we want you to come on to Rocky and Bullwinkle. After, like, them saying for the longest time, we don't know if we're going to hire you or not, you know? Mm -hmm. We don't know if we want you, even though you worked with all the same people, like, on the show. And uh, I was like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll go. And then I get a call from my reps, like, later. Um, and they're like, oh, Crane, did you hear the good news? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that I'm going back to DreamWorks? And they're like, what are you talking about? No, WB wants you, you know, on Unikitty. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. It's like, cool, two people want me. And then they're like, here's the dollar <laughs> amounts. And it was like... Oh, <laughs> DreamWorks wasn't paying me fairly, you know? So there was a back and forth, and DreamWorks was like, okay, how about we pay you $400 less a week? And I'm like, no, you know the dollar amount. You can't, that's not how negotiation works. Like, so it was, I went from a company that didn't appreciate me at all to, like, WB, where it's, I get there, I'm just working, they're like, do you want to be a director? I'm like, I didn't even have to ask. Thanks. <laughs> and they're like, you want to do awesome. development? I'm like, yeah. Mm. Sounds fun. You know, like, so it's, you know, not every company you work for, no matter how hard you try, is always going to, like, appreciate the work you do or, like, see the value in it. Yeah. And DreamWorks was great when I was there. It's just now that I've been unplugged from the Matrix, you mm. know. It's like, oh, I wasn't... <laughs> they were there to exploit me as a new worker. <laughs> Every, all my bosses and stuff were cool. It was just the company culture, you know, with it being a new media company is, it's different. I cannot stress this enough. Paying attention, being on time, and saying yes to jobs that may not be ideal can really affect where you go in this business. The key is growing and becoming who you want to be by the lessons you learn on the way up. A lot of people come here with the fact that it's so cutthroat and they have to beat out everybody else. It's not like that. There is so much work on all sides, on all platforms to get you where you want to go. You can make it that way. 
but it doesn't have to be that way. You choose to follow your path and help someone along on the way if you can. And if you like the sound of that, Miss Harper tells us that she too enjoys making dreams come true. I went to New York University and I graduated right when the economy took a nosedive. So a lot of jobs are pretty scarce, so it's kind of like take whatever you can get. The first job I had out of college was at a company that sells credit card machines. And I worked there for a week and then I got, an, <laughs> I got a phone call asking if I wanted to come in and interview for a job as like a casting intern and I was like, I'll take it. And they're like, no interview. I was like, no, I'll take it. Like I'll do whatever you need me to do. How is it minimum wage? I'll take it. Like I'll figure it out. I'll eat beans on toast. I don't care. So I took that job at that company, and that company was a production company in New York City. Did a lot of other live-action productions and kind of just bounced around to different projects that they had there, which is how I ended up on, like, Cash Cab and History Detectives, which was, like, great to learn. Like, on Cash Cab, I was in the field doing production as a PA, and on History Detectives, I was doing archival work. So I was, like, calling small history societies in Oklahoma and being like, hey, I'm trying to find, like, a rare picture of this Indian chief can you help me like and then these people like don't have any digital means so like we can't scan this photo we can send you the photo I was like don't send me your historical artifact <laughs> every every job I ever had has taught me how to be scrappy and just like get done what needs to get done mm -hmm. so kind of like bounced around a little bit at that company then from people I met there got a job working at AOL from that job, since then I had like cut my teeth in like digital production, got the job at Above Average, which is where I, I always wanted to end up because I always wanted to work for Broadway Video because I always wanted to work for comedy. And like Broadway Video is like the name in comedy to me um, until I then worked at Comedy Central and now that's the name in comedy for me. Um, but yeah, so now I just moved out to LA. Like I'm five months into my time being in LA, so I'm learning everything. I'm sorry, I don't know what any of the freeways are called. I'm sorry. Um, if you tell me where's the five, I can't. I am mm -hmm. good luck. Um, well, you know to just put the. In yeah, the thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's enough. You're okay. one of us now. I'm just yeah. a Southern California. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also that like people are like, oh, it's called a freeway, not a highway. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> um, so then I. I recently transitioned out of production into development because I realized as a producer, a lot of times working with people in development or getting scripts from people in development, I'm like, this doesn't really align with like the amount of money we have to make this project amount of time. So I get these scripts and then I have to go back to the writers and be like, your dreams, we can't make them. And like, that's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. And I was like, there was definitely a step where I feel like we could have told you that this dream was a little bit, or like fixed it and like maybe done it in a cheap. So I was like, I really want to get in development and like, yeah, make people be able to make the thing they want to make the way they want to make it. Mm -hmm. And also have like the company be happy that like it's getting made for the dollar amount because that <laughs> is king. So that's, that was my path. Nothing worth having comes easy. And having a successful career in animation is the same. But loving what you do can be the greatest motivator, even when those working hours start in the morning and in the following sunrise. Generally, um, I'm a morning person, so rather than working late, I get in early. But every production is different. So sometimes, you know, you will be on a production that demands those long hours. It depends on the production. It depends on the situation. The important thing is to make sure that you're getting paid for those long hours. It's been a situation I've been in before where I've been putting in my all for a job and, and not getting paid fairly, uh, which, which sucks. I think the, the important part, especially of leadership positions, like, you know, supervising, directing, you're sort of going into it with the assumption that I'm going to be putting in extra hours to make this good. Like, this is 
my episode and there's an ownership of it that for me makes those hours easier. And again, you know, that's not to say too that, that when I was a board artist, it was like, these are my boards on the episode. Like this is something that I am a part of and I wanna do my best. And generally as an artist, I'm, I'm told that I'm pretty fast. I'm, I'm speedy, <laughs> which, which I think helps in that regard. But I know, I mean, during animation for season five of BoJack, my, my co-director and I, uh, there, there were a lot of issues with the lip sync coming back. It was, it was funky fresh. <laughs> um, and so we ended up having to go, we called it lip sync apocalypse, which might've been an overstatement, um, but we were going into lip sync and fixing the lip sync. And we were there, like we were working weekends, we were working through lunch and, you know, not working until like 11, 12 at night, but like I would get in usually around 10 and I would, I would not leave before 7.30 most nights. And that's not, you know, crazy, crazy hours, but like I'm, I'm, I'm working that whole time, you know? And again, it's, it's, it's an ownership. It's like, well, this is a problem. Like we need to fix this. It's on us to fix this. And I don't want to pass this down the line. I don't want to shove this off into my animators. Like we gotta, we gotta get this done. So there's long hours, um, but as long as, you know, you're compensated fairly and you love what you do, it's, it's not too bad. <laughs> I, I dare say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, it's I pretty much, I work until I am happy with the product. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes that means I gotta work more hours. Sometimes it means I don't have to work as many. It's good. Um, for me, as a director, my I've always felt that I work more hours so that my board artists don't have to overwork yes. themselves. Because mm-hmm. I get paid on call. I get paid for more hours in a day. Like, that's just the way my job works. But then also, it's like, the things that you're gonna focus on, I want you to like, kick butt on those. So like, if you need help, I'm here to help you, like I'm here to make sure that you have the support you need. And sometimes that means like, I'll be up until four in the morning, you know, and not all the time. You know, you have easy weeks and you have hard weeks and it's just you, if you have too many hard weeks, you know, you just be like, okay, what can I do faster? What really, really matters that I can do? What can I kind of ignore? But you know, that's just how it is sometimes. But you know, it's just like, as long as like, for me, it's like, am I getting paid? Do I like the work I'm doing? You know, like it's, that's I think really all I need. Do yeah. I like the work I'm doing is yeah. the biggest motivator to being like, okay, yeah. I know this is a 12 hour shoot day, uh-huh. which means like an 18 hour yeah. like being awake day. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've been like very fortunate to like every crew mm-hmm. that I've ever been on, like knock on wood. Yeah. It definitely, you hit a wall at, at some point in the yeah. day, but then like if it's mm-hmm. a crew that you really love, there's always someone who recognizes you're hitting a wall and is like, hey, yeah. <laughs> notice that you're kind of. <laughs> Because there's always like that yeah. point of the day where you'll be at the office really late and somebody will be like, are you still here? And yeah. it'll, it'll either be, yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm having tons <laughs> of fun. I'm riding this wave as far as I can. <laughs> and then like other times it's like, oh, you're right. It's time to bounce. Yeah. <laughs> like time to go home. Whatever you do or dream of doing needs to drive you. It needs to be that voice in your head that gets you up in the morning. But just know that voice won't sound the same for everyone. For me, it's crafting a good story. It's crafting a story that speaks to me personally. Obviously, sometimes if I'm working on a, a kid's show, if I'm working on a show that I don't connect with, sometimes that's a little harder to find that sort of spark. But when you find a project or a show or you know a, a movie or whatever that, you, that you're working on that just something about it speaks to you and you connect with it and you're living with these characters in your head and you just see the world so clearly. Like that, 
that's that's like crack. That's amazing. It's <laughs> you know, and it, that's I think that's the magic of Hollywood, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It's it's you're, you're just crafting stories that aren't real but that feel real to you. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's what that's what keeps me hooked. I get to wake up every day and then drive into work and then like draw funny faces and butts yeah. all day. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and I talk to another person and I'll be like, make that face funnier. And then. <laughs> And then it gets animated, and then it's on TV, and like kids see it, and they're like, and they're like, hooray, hooray, we love it, and it's like, ah, yeah, kids like it. Adults <laughs> like it's just like, oh, it yeah. made somebody laugh. Cool. Yeah, I'm having a good time. A thousand percent. Yeah. When like when people say, oh, I saw that, it was so funny. Yeah. I'm like, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I wanted. Like it's yeah, it's yeah. just that is the best. It is. It's yeah. crack. You feel yeah. like a high, like no other high. When well, like. There's, yeah. Also, like, do you know the amount of time it goes into like mm -hmm. making a thing? So yeah. when you see it like fully done, yeah. like the sound mix, the color, everything's uh -huh. finished, you're like, it's like, yeah, you gave, it's a baby, yeah. and yeah. you gave birth to this like beautiful thing, and then like the minute somebody laughs while you're watching it back, uh -huh. you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna like, yeah. it's the best, it's the best. Yeah, it's, at the, it's always there's a height, there's a dip in the middle because oh, yeah. then you've been with the story for so long. Is yes. this even yes. funny anymore? What is this? Is this what? funny? And then like, and then yeah. it's on air, and then I'm like, oh, it is funny. Cool. And it's it's worse when it's your own stuff and it's yeah. like a side project. Like, uh -huh. I've been doing a webcomic for a couple years, and it's, I've gotten to that point with it where I'm like, what is this? What am I doing? <laughs> but it's very, that feedback from an audience mm -hmm. is so huge and so important. Mm -hmm. And I've had people who have said to me, like, oh, that makes you less of an artist. Like, you have to, like, no, no, you, you do it for yourself. Yeah. You draw because you love to draw, but uh -huh. you can't undervalue somebody enjoying your work. Also, yeah. I draw because I like to entertain, too. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you should only be making a film for yourself. I'm like, that's a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> I can just think it if I want it just for me. <laughs> Why am I going to waste all this time putting it on paper? If I can just sit in a chair and be like, ha-ha. <laughs> like, it's for mm. other people. It's a good film. <laughs> no. I'm a great filmmaker. <laughs> well, <laughs> back to work. <laughs> My target audience loves it. <laughs> Retta Scott, who worked for Walt Disney Animation Studios, was the first ever credited female animator. She worked on the storyboards for Bambi and was on the production side for Fantasia and Dumbo, really paving the way for women in animation. And although there is still an imbalance in the field, it really has gotten better. Though it probably won't come as a complete shock to you when I say it's still got a far way to go. And creating characters that are real and not just based off stereotypes is really something our panel of women would like to see more of. For me and like a lot of like people our age, it's like we grew up, it was like all dudes doing cartoons all the time. And I remember being like a little kid watching, I'm like, I feel left out. You know, it's like, cool guy, cool guy. The fat guy who likes food. Uh, that, like, that guy, girl. And I'm like, I don't want to be girl. Like, that's, she's yeah. dumb. A girl didn't write her. I, I always feel left out, so it was like, okay, what can we put in this cartoon to make sure nobody feels left out? Mm. And it's not like PC police, it's just reality police. It's not hard work, you know, mm. just make sure it's there's, all types of stuff. There's something so powerful in seeing yourself in media and seeing mm. yourself in the stories that you consume and, because I, I remember this specifically from something Lisa Hannawalt had posted on Instagram about like her old childhood drawings, and she had drawn like this like cool cat guy, mm -hmm. and she's like, yeah, I drew him as a dude because all the cool characters that I watched mm -hmm. as a kid were dudes, and I'm like, oh, I did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a. Sh 
copycat drawing from when I was eight. He's a dude. <laughs> or like, you know, all the women are sort of overly sexualized and Yeah, know, well, it was they only had and... one mold of action figure yeah. and they had to make yeah. sure they could save true. money by having them all fit. <laughs> they all need to look yeah. like Shira. <laughs> Kids today are better about it. Like they yeah. don't seem to care. Like People bring their kids into the office and we have like a big Unikitty mural and like there's a boy or a girl, they're like, yes, Unikitty, I love her. Like boys don't care, like they don't care if it's a boy or a girl, they just care if it's a fun character that they like to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always been that way, but it was always parents like being like, no, 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 girls and boys, they gotta do their thing. Blue for you and pink for you. And it's like, kids don't care. Yeah. I also yeah. say we were in a meeting recently at Comedy Central and they were saying, you know, Broad City, the majority of the demographic that watches that show is guys. And mm -hmm. like Key and Peele, the majority of the people who watched that show were white because the majority of our viewership is white males, mm -hmm. but and they're just going to watch what's on TV because mm -hmm. it's funny. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like them projected back mm -hmm. to them. It can be something that's really funny. They're just going to watch it because it's good jokes. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. As long as you have statistics, like, look, science says yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, fine. The math, yeah. the math checks out. Great, cool. Mm -hmm. And the, the, like, the female characters now are, the, they're characters. They're not just yeah. like, like you said, the girl. They don't <laughs> just like horses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they can like horses. Yeah. That's not it. They can't, but it's not they the used to only be, a, they, they had to like horses and be a horse. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other thing that, that I notice sometimes with female characters that, that bugs me is when they're, they're, like the writer is afraid to give them any flaws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, they're yeah. so good and they're smart and they win at everything all the time. And like, no, you have to be the not, best if you're a girl. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not, I'm not going to be yeah. offended if, yeah. you know, a character with my gender yeah. is flawed. It's like, true. It's we are the best. But well, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That for me sort of raises my hackles because yeah. it's like, come on, we, we know better at this point. No one is perfect in real life. So it's like, that's <laughs> yeah. the only girl you saw on TV. And you're not that, and you're like, oh, I'm not good enough for anything. Nobody's ever gonna love me or think I'm cool. <laughs> and it's like, nah, they just didn't write it good. Yeah. But it's like, really, it's just, women and men are so similar. You know, like, people are the same, it's just the way society treats them, that like that they might be reacted to differently. But it's like, were you gonna write a boy? Okay, make it a girl. Like, there you go, you're done, you did it. You know, it's, we don't act different. We're the same. We're all people. We're more similar than we are different. This is a great time for women as we push through the barriers and show we are worth more than the stereotypes placed upon us. Now more than ever, people all around are witnessing it and allowing a shift to happen, which paves the way for more women to rise to the occasion. We've always been good at it, and people are just <laughs> figuring it out right now. I think it's like an exponential growth yeah. thing. Like, you get one person in there who has a different way of thinking about things and then they hire two more people and they hire four people and it just yeah. kind of like spreads out from there. That's why I think maybe the change is happening. There was also a culture of men who were incompetent and mediocre getting into positions of power and keeping women who were really good out because they would threaten their own position. Mm -hmm. Their job is just like, oh crap, they can't get in or yeah. they'll see that I'm not good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I'll say they're bad. <laughs> Stupid. Also know? now too, with like internet, with digital media, there's just a lot more being made mm -hmm. and there's a lot more opportunity for different viewpoints to be seen. And I think, like for example, if we're watching a bunch of cartoons where all the main characters are basically male, they're men, mm. they're boys, like it's the girl, that creates sort of a, a cultural norm that 
I, th I think is sort of being broken out of now that we have, you know, there's YouTube and there's Vimeo and there's streaming and there's mm -hmm. like so much is being made and there's so many opportunities for different voices to kind of come onto the scene and say, no, like this is not how it should be. It needs to change. Like, here's the story I have to tell. Here's why I want to tell it. Like, listen to me. Yeah. And then you just wave your arms until the somebody gives you The ability to find people, like the internet has <laughs> yeah. helped that, like, it cannot be underestimated that that is a huge reason why things are different yeah. because you can just find people now versus like John Stewart was telling a story about how like he got a lot of flack because everyone's like you don't have any female writers on your mm -hmm. show but you are this big feminist pro-women's rights kind of guy and he was like this is crazy isn't this crazy Mark isn't this crazy John isn't this oh shit, I see what happened here <laughs> yeah. like, oh I need to like change I need to actually do but mm -hmm. it took other people being like hey there's a problem and I also think the internet was a, not only a way for people to call out people in a very mm -hmm. public forum mm -hmm. and like also a way for people to just be like here's my work, do you like it? And everyone's like, oh my God, I love it. Like, mm -hmm. I love your work, I wanna work with you. It's just like, it breaks down that barrier for mm -hmm. entry. Social media can have its flaws and can possibly cause problems from time to time, but it's an excellent way to get your material out there to be discovered. Whether it's photography, directing, even if it's just your acting reel, curating your online identity is one of the best ways of getting noticed. Although, leaving out those party pics may be in your best interest. Oh my god, get online. Get online, get online, get online. You don't have to be yeah. like unbelievably famous and popular. You just have to have your work be easy to find yes. and accessible. Right. Make a Squarespace yeah. site. Uh, your email, your contact information, yeah. and some samples of your work should be mm -hmm. front and center. Like, we shouldn't have to dig for it. Yeah. Tumblr can be useful. Honestly, I found the most ground promoting my own work on Twitter. Mm -hmm. and. Social media is strange because it's it's half like place where I scream in the woods because mm -hmm. the world is on fire and also half where I show off a drawing. Mm -hmm. um, and in in recent months, it's, you know, as I, I have met more people online and and sort of grown, it's, it's become more of the latter where it's less of a place that I can rant and rave mm -hmm. about things and more that it's more a professional outlet for me. Yeah. I, I've encountered some people for whom the line is a little blurred and so it's like well you have cool art and then also here's a rant about how you had a fight with your friend. Like, yeah. Make sure if there's a place that you're showing your art, make sure it's just art. And it's something that you would show to a boss or to a you know, a, a work Yeah, also like, yeah, like <laughs> photos of you like partying and stuff. I'm yeah. like, okay mm. I see you like to party a lot. <laughs> I just want to see the work, you know. Yeah. If you can party yeah. and do the work, like cool, but <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see it. It's yeah, it's it's tricky too because it is like part of yeah. you know being an artist is you, you, your your life. Like that's where you draw your inspiration from. But it's all it's this mm -hmm. fine line of you're curating your online identity mm -hmm. a lot, and that that in of itself is a challenge. But if you find it intimidating, if you don't want to you know go through the whole social media rigmarole, Squarespace site, email at the top. Clear samples of work. Yeah, I've had luck with that. Is just anything you're gonna put in your square space is just like okay, and then just if you have Twitter, just get it so no one can steal your name, mm -hmm. and then just like <laughs> here's a drawing, and that's all you got to do. Like yeah. that's it. You know? I would say Instagram is the one where I like Instagram's find people good too. a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love. Oh yeah, Instagram. Los Angeles is full of dreamers, and it can be a powerful inspiration to be around, or if you let it. It can be extremely intimidating, even debilitating at times. Everyone has an idea or a project they talk about. 
Sometimes it can feel like everyone is getting somewhere and you're standing still. But the secret is, and lean in close for this because the majority of them won't admit it, a lot of those very people who do all the talking never finish their projects. Or worse, they never even get started. They don't actually put in the work. So when asked for some advice for our students, let's just say our panel of women gets straight to the point. Make your sh**. Yeah. yeah. Like, just yeah. make your stuff. I was up at JFL, Jesper Lassen, like, I was on a panel that was talking to uh, some of the creators of Family Guy and some of the creators of Animals on HBO. And the guys from the Animals team were just saying, like, don't think you have to, like, make your 22-minute, like, 30... Don't make your feature-length yeah, no. film no. now. <laughs> like, they said they just started by being like, we're going to animate this joke. We're going to animate mm -hmm. a minute of this joke. And then, like, see how that goes. And if you love that, like, okay, let's animate five minutes of a joke, mm -hmm. maybe. Let's and then eventually, like, you get your whole thing. Or at bare minimum, you have a minute of, like, this is what my show sounds like, this is what my show looks like, do you like this? Mm -hmm. And then someone's like, oh, yeah, do you want to do a lot more of that for mm -hmm. money? It's like, yeah, I do. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, just make your thing and, like, in reasonable chunks so like you don't burn out because if you're like I'm gonna make 15 minutes mm -hmm. and you get 30 seconds of it and you're like I hate this then yeah. now you're gonna be like then I'm never doing it again it's like no just like you animate 15 seconds that's awesome so mm -hmm. like animate 15 more seconds yeah. animate 15 more seconds not to mention like if I'm like looking at videos on the internet and I see it's 15 minutes I don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like make it three. I'm scrubbing yeah. through. Yeah, yeah it's like, I'll scrub. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, it's just, and if you start something, like, just finish it, even if you're, like, it's like, yes. ah, I don't know if I like it anymore. Yes. It's like, just get it done, like, so people can see it, and mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not as good as I want, but it's like, but that was, you had it in your head. Everybody's just happy to see it, you know? You, you would be shocked at the yeah. number of people who start things and cannot finish them. If you can yeah. finish a project, that sets you head and shoulders yeah. above half of your peers, mm -hmm. at least. And again, yeah, it, it, it will never look as good as you want it to look because you are constantly getting better yeah. as an artist as you are making it. You're mm -hmm. a filmmaker, as a board artist, as a designer, whatever. You know, you're working in a film for two years, you're drawing constantly. So mm -hmm. you're gonna look back at those drawings from a year ago and cringe, but I'm watching it as a new viewer, I'm just sucked into the story and yeah. I don't care. So <coughs> don't pay attention to the self-doubt goblin, it is only there to hurt you. It's, it will bite you. A little known fact, being nice and being social goes a long way in this industry because your reputation is everything. There are a million excuses out there to stop you doing the things you love doing. Most artists fear the very success they crave. Creating a show is no different and the fear of success can be real, but thinking you can do it all on your own, well, that's a hindrance all in itself because it takes a team. It takes trust, communication, and it takes total commitment and knowledge of where your show is going, even past the first episode. Writing a pilot is great and it's really fucking hard. <laughs> what does your show look like in the 17th episode? Like, yeah. really know what story you're trying to tell because if I read the pilot, I'm like, great, write a show, and then you're like, Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, get a get a good grip on what the story is and what the characters are going to be doing. Yeah, if yeah. if that's what you want. Yeah. But to say also, don't start out thinking that you're going to have your own show. There's like so many people fresh out of school and they're like, time to have my own show. It's like, you're gonna do a bad job. Work for somebody else first, like learn stuff, figure yeah. out what it is that you really like doing, and then like get really good at that, meet everybody, know how all the jobs work, 
even if it's a job you don't like doing, like if you know how to do everything, or, or if you know what everything like entails, it'll make you better at your job. It'll make you better at working as a team with your coworkers. It's just good to like learn and talk and communicate. Just like see what everybody's doing. Learning how to work at a team is another mm -hmm. big piece of advice I would mm -hmm. say. Like it takes a village. Like no nobody made a show by themselves. Yeah. And you need to learn how to like you said like talk to everybody, communicate what you're trying to get done, mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. what they're trying to get done and like everything is a negotiation, everything is a collaboration and also, like, learn how to take notes. Like, mm -hmm. if you have friends that you like and trust, send your stuff to them and have them give you notes on it and try to implement their mm -hmm. notes because that is what your job is going to be for mm -hmm. the rest of your life is, like, implementing other notes and feedback. Yeah. So, You're not going to get it right on the first try. No. Ever. No. And people are, but it works really hard on this. It's, like, not hard enough. Like, do it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's do it even, again. It's, yeah, it's, it's not even a matter of hard. It's just experience. Like, you yeah. just need to spend that time. Mm -hmm. And you have every now and again lightning strikes, but for the most part, the people who get shows have been laboring in obscurity for like a decade. Like you just, you haven't seen them because they've been in obscurity and now you see them and it feels like, oh God, they just come out of nowhere. But it, it's, it's true, it's, you put in your time, you know, you work hard, you do your best and, and be generally kind to people and it grows from there. It, you'll get there. It's, it yeah. takes time, but you'll get there. And you will run into the same people over and over and over again, so do not be a dick. Be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. I want to thank Kareen Ingle, Ann Walker-Farrell, and Kelly Harper for speaking to our students. I'm Ariel Seagard, and this episode was based on the panel moderated by Kelly Williams. To watch the full panel or to see our other Q&As, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash New York Film Academy. This episode was written by me, edited and mixed by Christian Hayden. Our creative director is David Andrew Nelson, who also produced this episode with Christian Hayden. Executive produced by Jean Sherlock and Dan Mackler. Special thanks to our events department, Saja Johnson, and the staff and crew who made this possible. To learn more about our programs, check us out at nyfa.edu. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening.